Lisa Maxi. <gasps> Good morning, Tam Tam. How? I don't even think we need to say how are you doing in quarantine <laughs> because I think we're in 2021 right now. I just don't see an end in sight. I think I've just given no. up hope and I think that's why I'm super depressed. <laughs> it's definitely, we've hit the depression zone now where it's yeah. like there's no end in sight. We don't know when yeah. normal life will resume. My roots are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I was bigger. thinking about Look that. that. I haven't looked in because uh-huh. I got my hair dyed very uh-huh. safely. You did? Which will introduce our next guest who knows a lot about hair. <laughs> I got my hair dyed outside my house. We were both wearing masks. They did my hair. I think it's too dark. Okay. And then I thought about you and I was like, has Roxy gone no. back to brunette? I blonde. <laughs> the curtains do not match the drapes. No. Whatever. The drapes don't match the curtains. They just aren't the same. <laughs> no, they're not the same. And it's bad when my six-year-old comes up to me and she goes, mommy, why is your hair half brown, half yellow? I'm like... Mommy has a secret hair. she has to tell you. <laughs> exactly. So I'm I'm excited, but I'm also a little embarrassed that our guest, who is like the queen of hair, Miss Allie Webb, the founder of Dry Bar, New York Times yes. bestselling author, founder of Squeeze. Yes. Yes. She is like the hair guru. She is here today with us. I am so I excited. We got her. I, I pissed know. her until she finally gave in. Yes. Pay no attention to my roots, Allie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look at my Thanks. hair. It's like purposeful roots. But it, yours look really good. They look like they're supposed to be there, you know? Well, yours do too. It's just oh. you just mentally you don't think they are. Right. I mean, <laughs> I've also had like I've had my colorist come over and we sit outside and we wear masks and all that stuff. But oh. I've had more so blonde good. put in my hair, but only at the bottom because I don't want to do, I, although I have gray, so. Oh, I have so many grays. When does that happen? When does that start? Yeah. me. You guys No. Oh, oh my God. I've got so many grays. I pushed my second daughter out and the minute she came out, my entire hair was gray. <laughs> <laughs> well, brown dry shampoo is like the greatest dry bar, one of the greatest dry bar inventions ever. I mean, especially. Oh, it is use it like crazy mm-hmm. i actually use it because you, you see how you can't see my scalp because yeah, like yeah i don't actually have gray right now because i had my hair colored recently mm-hmm. but i use it on my scalp because i think it makes my hair look thicker it's like a trick that they use like on set and stuff to make hair look thicker and i yeah. discovered it because i started putting gray brown dry shampoo just on my gray hair that would be at my root and then it would cover my scalp and i'm like Oh, my hair looks thicker now. Yeah. Did you notice like hair loss after pregnancy? Because I feel like Tamman and I both had that, like where the hair like fell out, you know? I didn't have that. My hair didn't Uh. fall out, but my hair has definitely gotten thinner over the years. And my hair has always Mm. been really curly, which is, you know, how I I decided to start dry bar because I've been on a, you know, mission to blow out my hair since I was like a little kid. But it's not, it's not nearly as curly as it used to be. And I think it's like, I don't know, probably all the blue drying and then the kids and age and all the shit. Don't you feel, Roxy, when Mm -hmm. someone's had their hair done at dry bar, you can, it's such a distinct, you have a distinct smell, which is like, that sounds so weird to like say to someone, like you have a distinct smell. Yes. Everyone has that, it's like that dry bar smell and you know that they've been there and obviously their hair looks great, but it's such a distinct (laughs) thing when they walk out of that salon. I, I mean, I hear that. All the time. I oh. mean, people tell me they like hug their girlfriend and they're like, oh, you just went to dry bar. It's a pretty, yeah. um, which is funny because the, the whole coming up with the fragrance thing was really, really challenging. Cause I'm not, I've never been a big fragrance person. Like I've never mm-hmm. worn, uh-huh. I wear oils and stuff. So it was like figuring out most, most like fragrances hurt my throat. I don't know. Yeah. 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 It's like gets in there. Yeah. I'm really sensitive to it. So coming mm-hmm. up with the fragrance was, was quite tricky, but 
But yeah, we seem to do it pretty well and people like the scent. So yes, you can smell, you can even be walking down the street and be like, oh, there's a dry bar close. You know, because it walks out. Even six feet away with a mask on. Exactly, exactly. You have a signature, it's a signature. It's a signature. So Ali, you are like a true entrepreneur, like in every sense of the word. Did you always want to start your own business and build like an amazing brand like Dry Bar? No, I mean, you know, I think it was, um, I mean, it's it's still so funny to me when people say those kinds of things to me because I know that's what it it's what it is. But um, I, you know, I my parents were entrepreneurs, so I grew up in that world. My parents were had their own clothing shops, and my dad's dad was an entrepreneur. My mom wasn't, and my mom's side wasn't. But my mom eventually left her job to to open this business with my father, and I just grew up in that world. Um, and I think even as like a teenager, when I, you know, gosh, I mean. I've been working since I was like 16. I worked at a, you know, in the mall at, at like Express and I think it was at Koala Blue. You might know that. Does anybody know that? I worked at Contempo Casuals when I was yes. in high school. Do you remember Contempo? <laughs> I'm Australian, so I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Oh my gosh. Well, that's what I meant. I feel like, wait, uh, I, she's Australian, right? I do. Yeah. You don't know koala blue? Well, you might be. Oh, yes, yes. Koala. Well, no, well, I know koalas. <laughs> like, yeah. I've, I've definitely met a few koalas in the time, but koala blue is a U.S. brand, right? It's not an Australian brand? Well, I don't know. And I don't know that it even exists anymore. But mm-hmm. when I was like, I don't know, 15, which was, you know, a long time ago, <laughs> John like started this. I think it was Olivia. I mean, I could be remembering this all wrong, but it was a coolest story. In Boca Raton, there was a there was a shop, and you could buy like cute. They had a very cute logo, and inside the shop, you could get milkshakes. Like it was the coolest concept. Uh-huh. Uh, anyways, so hold on. Okay. <laughs> um. Anyways, my my point was I've been mm-hmm. working since I was young, and and even as like a kid, I, I remember like the people who worked with me were always like you're kind of making us look bad, like stop working. Because I had this mentality that I grew up with. It was like, you just, you know, you make yourself indispensable and you work your ass off and, mm-hmm. and you treat it like it's your own. And that's all yeah. I knew. Um, and so I think that's just always how I treated every job I've ever been in. And um, and so I guess there's like a sense of wanting to do, you know, you're working this hard, you want to work for yourself. But it really wasn't this like, I, it's interesting because I because now with my podcast raising the bar and we talk to a mm-hmm. lot of entrepreneurs and and so many of the the beginnings of those entrepreneurs are like I am you know an entrepreneur and I just wanted to do something and work for myself like that wasn't the case for me it was more about oh I just want to start this business because somebody should and it mm-hmm. should exist and I would yeah I really love it and I'm really passionate about this so I'm gonna do it you know never and I had like a couple other little businesses here and there over the years like I started. <laughs> Like a, this dog walking business when I lived in San Francisco, so mm-hmm. random. I know, um, but look at all the dog walking s- services yeah. now that you you could have exploded. Maybe if right. you just kept going with it, that was like a fun business to build. I just realized what I wasn't like passionate enough. Right, you have to mm-hmm. find your passion. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I'm like the you know quintessential entrepreneur where I was like I am just going to do something great and I'm going to build a business. It was it was the other way around for me. I was like mm-hmm. I, I see a, I see this massive hole in the marketplace. I right place like dry bar existed. It doesn't. And now I have, you know, when we started dry bar 10 years ago, I was like, I'm so uniquely qualified to do this, you know, more, more qualified than to do anything else. And so I thought, you know, I should do this. So no, it wasn't a big, you know, 
I, I want to own my own business. It was more like, I want to own a business like this. I've always mm-hmm. heard if you want success when you're an entrepreneur, you have to find a problem and then find how to solve it. Mm-hmm. And I think when people go into a business and they're like, I want money or I want success or I want or fame, fame or yeah. I want, you know, I want this to change mm-hmm. my family's life because of X, Y, and Z. And it's not going back to basics and the genesis of what is the problem and how are we going to fix the problem? And then obviously the passion and mm-hmm. the excitement around it and the love for what you're doing is so important too, because you're, you're the person who has to get up and drive yourself. Like you don't have like a company driving you. Um, do you remember, cause I've had many businesses, some have failed, some haven't. And I think almost, you know, what, what Roxy and I do in the freelance mm-hmm. space, even creating social content and like YouTube and podcast and creating stuff for TV, like it's, it's entrepreneurial in itself as well. Like, it's just like, we're our own brand. There's like not a service, but do you remember where you were when you thought, huh, this is what I think I want to do with my life? Or did it not even, did you not even think like that? Was it just like, I need to fix this problem. And when was that 10 years ago? Like, what were you doing around that time? Well, I was a stay-at-home mom and, you know, I had been working in the hair industry for a while, uh, you know, doing hair, doing cuts. I never did color. And then um, I really thought that I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom forever. Like when I first had my, my boys now are 13 and 15, but when I had my first son and I, I was able to stay home with him, I thought it was like, I really thought I hit the jackpot. And I was like, mm-hmm. this is amazing. The fact that I'm able to stay home with my baby and I wanted a baby so bad mm-hmm. um, since I was like 16. And so I thought, you know, this was great. And so I, you know, I stayed home with him and, and then my second son was born and And so it was like five years of staying home and I just started to get the itch to do something for myself again. Mm -hmm. I felt like, oh, I don't feel as fulfilled as I want to feel. As much as I Mm -hmm. love my children, I wanted to do something for myself. Um, And so so I was a stay-at-home mom at that time and I was like, I don't want to go back to work full-time. I want to do it on my own terms. And so I um, started a mobile blow-dry business, which is basically Mm -hmm. what eating to dry bar. And, and in that business, I was only charging $40 to go to women's home and do their hair. And my whole like premise was I'll come over while your baby's sleeping and I'll blow out your hair. And then it's two twenties and it's, and I'm really good at this and this will be great. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened. And it was great. And I got really busy really fast. And I think that's when the idea kind of started, you know, coming to me of like, what, because wh- what would happen is my clients were like, well, what, when you can't come over, I either have to go to like the discount chain down the street, or I have to go to, mm-hmm. you know, my cut color and they want to overcharge me and they want me to get a haircut. So there's pressure. So there's just all, there wasn't a good option. And that's when I was like, huh, you know, why isn't there a place that just does blowouts? Mm-hmm. You know, because surely I knew there were, there were, I had enough friends and I knew like in LA, there'd be enough like women like me who would love this service. And when I was pitching this idea to my brother, Michael, who ultimately became my business partner in this, you know, he was like, I don't understand. Why don't women do their own hair? And I was like, oh, you know, his wife has like stick straight, like beautiful hair. And right. So it's easier. Right. Most right. women can't do their own hair well, especially if mm-hmm. they have like curly frizzy hair like me, you know, so I got him, you know, involved. Um, but it is true what you were saying earlier about solving a problem. And I, I think that's very true. I also mm-hmm. think that um, uh, that problem can can exist, which I like to say this a lot because I think people, I hear from people a lot like, oh, I wish I had that idea. And how do you come up with a great idea? Mm-hmm. It is hard to come up with a new 
concept, a new idea. And I feel like, you know, it was like part luck, part timing, mm-hmm. part, you know, hard work. It was a lot of things that I think made our idea work so well, but you know, there's usually like other businesses out there that just aren't executing well. And that's mm-hmm. a problem. It could exist. It's just not, it's just not done well. I mean, it, which is case in point, our other business squeeze, which is a massage concept. Nobody was doing that great either, which is why we decided to do it. You know, so there is, it is fixing a problem or, you know, a problem that potentially exists or doesn't exist or a hole in the marketplace. So, I mean, also everybody knows that, I mean, pretty much, I think every friend of mine has been to dry bar to get a blowout, mm-hmm. including, you know, Hollywood celebrities, models, like influencers, you've, you've had it all there. At what point did you say to yourself, wow, dry bar is something special. Like we have made it, we've landed. I mean, early on, I remember when we first opened and it was like, you know, having worked in hair salons my whole life, Mm -hmm. don't open a new business to a packed house. And we did, you know, I mean, we Mm -hmm. were, you know, Daily Candy, you guys remember? Yes, Daily Candy, yeah. Daily Candy ran, you know, a a really like pithy little article, like hot air blowing into town uh, about a week before we opened and booking like, and so we opened on that first day to a packed shop and then it just never let up from there. And I, I mean, I really remember it's so long ago now, but I remember that first day, like my brother, my business partner wasn't fully in at that point because nobody knew this was going to work. Cam, my ex-husband who did all the creative was also like at his, cre- his job as advertising agency. But I called them both and like, we were all on the phone crying. I think one of us might have a picture of that. Like a mm-hmm. we were like, holy shit, like we are onto something. And we realized, you know, really the, the first day, the first week that, um, you know, we had kind of inadvertently like stumbled upon something that was going to be pretty massive. And, you know, it was like, we didn't have enough stylists. We, we were so overbooked at that point. We had walk-ins welcome on like the window, yeah. uh-huh. take that sign down because people were like, just walking in and a lot, but, but other people were booking, we were fully booked, but then people were walking in too. And we were like, shit, you know, what are we supposed to do? We didn't want to turn people away. And it was mm-hmm. just, I, I mean, it was so out of control in those early days and it was in the middle of a recession. I mean, we were mm-hmm. like, you know, but also I think I was kind of like operating under the assumption that like women will spend $35 on a blowout and forego the $300 haircut for a few more weeks, you know, for mm-hmm. the blowout. So, you know, we just, we did not, you know, expect it to, to turn like that. And it just kept being thing after thing like that. Like mm-hmm. I remember in the first three months, an editor from Vogue like came in and, and she had said, oh, I called the Vogue main office and asked her to get a blowout in LA. And they said, dry bar. And I was like, <gasps> what? You know, like, like Vogue tells you to come here? And- <laughs> I can tell you stories after stories of things oh. like that, you know, that have happened that, you know, just are like, I mean, mind blowing and, mm-hmm. you know, never anything I in my wildest dreams expected. And so, yeah. There's did you no hit any major mm-hmm. roadblocks when, did you hit any major roadblocks at any time or was it always, you know, obviously there's ups and down, but was it always, you know, going uh, upwards yeah, in an yeah. upward trajectory? No. I mean, you know, there were, I mean, you just can't avoid it. I mean, there was, it, it felt like it was mostly going up, but there mm-hmm. were so many issues that constantly came. I mean, from like the way the shop was initially set up and like, 
I mean, like not sexy or fun, but like the cords, like we didn't have long enough cords on the blow dryer. So they wouldn't go all the way around the chair. And we had to figure that out. So we put like, right. (laughs) (laughs) But it's important. These things are important because if someone's sitting down, getting their hair done and they're getting tangled in the cords, they're not going to come back. No, no. It's about the experience that we're creating. And so like we didn't have cords that were long enough to go all the way around the chair without having to move the client. And I didn't want the client to be moved because I wanted the client to have this great experience. And so we, we put like, um, extension cords and my, which well, my was the worst fucking idea. And like one of them like blew up. Like I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> cords Cause they, cause it rubs too much. And then, I mean, it's like little things like that as mm. in those early days that we were figuring out what we can and what we can't do. And then things like our call center. And if, you know, if you've been to dry bar, you know that like we don't answer the phones in the shops because mm-hmm. we did in the early days. And it was like trying to be on the phone, looking at somebody to check them in and out. Plus blow dryers, like 12 blow dryers going. Mm-hmm. You're like, there's no way anybody yeah. <laughs> if we answer the phone. And, and so literally that first week I was like, don't answer the phone. Let it go to voicemail. We'll call them back. Cause I was like, it's more important in this moment to give a great experience to the person standing in front of you mm-hmm. on the phone, but the person on the phone matters too. So we just need to call them back from a quiet place. I mean, it was like, it was a shit show of, uh-huh. of comedy there. Yeah. So many things, you know, I mean, I think mm-hmm. I used to spend like an hour after we closed, like counting the money and like figuring out our POS system and like, you know, there a gajillion up, ups and downs. And, and it really has gone on like that for years. You know, it's like, there's always new problems. There's always new things to solve, but, um, and then there, you know, there have been things that have been a bigger deal, but, um, it's certainly as an entrepreneur, it's never smooth sailing. It's, it's like whack-a-mole is the perfect way to describe it. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, solved and another one pops up and you just have to have the stomach for that, I think. You know, I think too, when you go into dry bar, it is such a specialized experience. Like, you know, right. when you go in, you know, it's always the up. same. Yeah. Yes. It's always the same and you know it, it's consistent. And, um, you, but there's gotta be like copycats out there, right? There, I'm sure there are copycats that have tried to come after and like replicate what you're doing, but obviously not as successfully. Um, how do you feel when people try to steal your ideas like that? Well, in the early days, mm-hmm. I mean, I I was like watching other concepts that were popping up, like a uh-huh. hall. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. There was a we opened our first shop in Brentwood and down the street was this uh in, in the country mart, uh-huh. some other like blowout bar had opened. Actually, somebody who came to us and wanted us to do it and they were gonna do makeup and blowouts together. And I was like, I'm not interested in that and and or or a partner. Um so they ended up opening themselves and I used to like drive by like low, like <laughs> <laughs> them to see. Um, and, and I remember being like really scared and, and there was like a few that kept pop that were popping up. But what we very quickly realized was that we really had and do have like a secret sauce. And the fact that like, you know, my, my like whole life has been leading up to this. I mean, mm-hmm. I've spent so many, many hours since I was like 20 years old, you know, perfecting my skill. And, um, and, and I just know hair so well. I don't think, you know, I don't think I'm the best hairdresser out there. And I actually think, you know, we have 4,000 stylists and probably, you know, so many of them are better than me. It was just that I, I really understood hair and I, and I felt like I understood women, women, and I could, I could walk any shop at any time and I can mm-hmm. walk around and I can tell you who's like having a great experience and who's like, by the look on their face is like, not totally sure. And I can get in there and ask and figure out what's going on and see what the stylist is doing. You know, it was just like, you know, when I say I'm like uniquely, you know, 
I was like made for this job is it's really true. And so, you know, while the copycats were really hard in the beginning for me to like cope with, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we found, like I said, very quickly that nobody could really do what we were doing. And then by, you know, and then obviously we, we moved so fast and we were opening so many locations and, I, you know, lucky, lucky enough to have my brother as my business partner. And mm-hmm. he's just a great, um, businessman. And then Cam, who's great at, you know, the, all the collateral and the way the shop, like all the like touch points of the shop. And then we just had so many great people. And so it was, it was, it's hard to compete with us and what mm-hmm. we do. And so I don't, it's, it's kind of stopped bothering me. And if anything, and more of my politically correct answer is that the more competition that has popped up has actually helped the industry and mm-hmm. movement you know, at, in, at large because women, so many women didn't know what a blowout was. I mean, if you live in LA or New York or Texas, like, you know, mm-hmm. but I cannot tell you how many women I've encountered over the years that like were, had never even heard of a blowout. So what? Wow. how did they get through their lives? Yeah. <laughs> they were like, Oh, like when you go and get your hair cut and colored and they do it after I'm like, yeah. And it yeah. looks better than it. Some don't even ever. do that. Some just like do a cut and color and then walk out with wet hair. Yeah. Like why? I'm like, why? Well, yeah. $500 <laughs> to get nothing. There really wasn't like, this wasn't something that like an everyday woman would do. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's like, again, part of the reason that my brother didn't necessarily believe this concept had legs to go really far and wide, you know, across the country, because he's like, I think this is like a thing for LA women who have like, <laughs> he's going to kill me, but too much time and money on their hands. Yeah. And do this. I'm like, I don't think so. I think it's just where there's women with hair. And, and, and that was always our thing. Like women, once they discover dry bar, once they mm-hmm. get a blowout, as you guys know, you're like, Oh, I get it. This is yes. amazing. And I can sit and work on my laptop. Or I can watch chick flick and I can just be by myself for 45 minutes and then come out looking great. And not have to do my hair for four days or five days if you're me. Well, the price point is right too, right? The price I mean, yeah, point. I was gonna yeah. say that. I mean, I think the unique thing yeah. about dry bar is that you know, I know for me now I have two kids and you have to be responsible financially. You, mm-hmm. I mean, I used to get blowouts for 80 to a hundred to $120 a blowout. Right. And people would go, what? Well, that's how much it costs to get a good blowout in it. Well, where near where I live. Mm-hmm. So if you're getting a crappy blowout for 30 to $40 or a great one for 120, you get your hair done once to twice a month and you do the 121 because you want to look good, right? But then you're so freaked out like if the if the kids wet your hair or like you sweat or you go to the gym. But but dry bar is so wonderful because it's like you can consistently keep <laughs> feeling good, keep having the experience, keep getting your hair done and you don't walk out and you're mad if it's not the perfect thing or if it is like it's it's 30 bucks. Like we spend 30 bucks on on lunch. You know what I mean? So I think that the price point really made it exciting for people to keep coming back and returning. And the product was good. Yeah. You got a good product and a good, good price point. And I think it exploded. But it goes back to my question about, you know, I know in quarantine now, things have probably changed for your business. Um, and that's hard too. Does that weigh on you mentally? And like, how do you have the fortitude and grace to keep getting up in the morning mm-hmm. when you know that things have changed in the last like four months. Yeah. I mean, it has been, you know, it's so surreal. It, you know, it's so, it, it, I, you know, I feel like very helpless. Like there's just not, there's not much we can do right now. You know, and, and when this all first happened, um, I mean, luckily, you know, our employees can go on unemployment um, and that's, 
you know, the saving grace for them financially right now. And there's also, um, like in the beginning we did like a big, like blowout sale where we had a day that was dedicated just to stylists and we're, you know, trying to get creative. And I had all these ideas like, Oh, well, we can get stylists to make videos. We can do all this thing, but then they're like, they're on furlough. So they can't. And it was just like, you know, it, it's been, I, I mean, surreal. It's just the word that comes to mind because mm-hmm. it's like, the, I feel so paralyzed with like, you know, there's not, there's not much we can do. I mean, there's a lot of like prepping for when we go back, there's a lot of like, you know, not the stuff that I'm doing on a day-to-day basis, but like figuring out like our lease situations. And luckily we've had a lot of the majority of our landlords be pretty forgiving with like that. And, mm-hmm. and then we were able to open again and then that, and then we we'll close again. And it's just, you know, uh, it's just, it's, it's so upsetting and so weird to not be open, especially being open like seven days a week and being this incredible convenience for women. And, um, you know, and even when we did, when we did open for a little while and, you know, we had to wear masks and everybody's wearing masks, that was also a very different experience than what dry bars is very social, fun place to, Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I'm just, you know, hoping that we can just kind of trying to stay hopeful and, you know, keep, keep spirits up. And we've been doing tons of like, you know, at home videos and tips and tricks Mm -hmm. for like how to, at home and we uh, we launched not that long ago uh this like blow dryer brush combo thing called the which is like you blow your hair out and it's a it's a brush and a blow dryer like mm-hmm. in more, it's phenomenal and like you know so luckily we have some good products out there that like make it easy to do your hair yeah. and to do your hair at home so that's like the saving grace but yeah i mean i'd be lying if i said it wasn't just very challenging and upsetting and just kind of like you know, waiting and just, you know, watching and hoping that things, you know, get better. You know, it's actually funny that you're mentioning the products. I'm actually wearing the It Cosmetics Dry Bar Mascara. (laughs) So great. You're so good with like the marketing and like creating all these things. But, you know, with this whole like pandemic experience going on and everything, um, do you have a plan? Like, I mean, let's just say this pandemic lasts for like one to two more years. Do you have like a plan in place for what could possibly be like another incarnation for Dry Bar or what could the future could hold? You know, I, I, I wish I could tell you right now we're not at that point of like, you know, uh, I mean, for one to two more years, I don't know that it'll survive. Um, but I don't know, you know, it also depends on what landlords do and what mm-hmm. it, it, it's just, there's so many unknown variables. Um, yeah, because, you know, we can't pay rent and we don't have money coming in, right. you know, so if, you know, so that's why we've been able to, you know, stay afloat. Mm-hmm. Um, landlords have been pretty forgiving. So it's a, it's a tough question that I, you know, I don't, we don't really what know. about, would yeah. you ever get into color? Because I know, <laughs> hence my color yes. job. Come on, Rally. <laughs> um, I had to get fixed. I told you the other, like the other day she came over because I had literally like, it was, yeah. Um, would you ever think about maybe going into color at home color kits or something to do with hair mm-hmm. and just kind of pivot? Not, it's not, you know, it's not, that's not an area. It's not like an area of specialty for me. So it's nothing that I, you know, I think part mm-hmm. of this that I, you know, I never did color really. I know how to do it more than most people, but I, it was never my specialty. Um, and you know, our thing, it was like, we, we do one thing and we do it really well. And, and mm-hmm. while I think there's like, obviously, you know, I was just interviewing a girl today who took, who owns, I don't know if you guys know the, the goods Mart in New York, um, mm-hmm. like a high end, like seven eleven, and she's doing racial Krupa. 
Rachel Kerfoot. Yeah. She's yeah. doing um, boxes now instead. And I was like, this is genius. And I'm like, it's so cool that you pivoted. Like, you know, I don't, I haven't really figured out what that looks like for us. I don't know that any of us have because, you know, it, short of, of doing like home services, which we had done in the early days of dry bar, we did dry mm-hmm. in the fly, which is because that's how my business started. And so we wanted to keep doing that. Um, you know, but it presents, it's, there's, there's just nowhere near the scalability, uh, that mm-hmm. as dry bar. So yeah, I don't know. Something to, you know, to keep thinking about. Um, but, but nothing in the, in the works right mm-hmm. now in terms of like a pivot like that. Yeah. So, well, you know, switching gears a little bit, talking relationships, relationships. Uh, which you've been, yes. We, we survived. Oh, we do, well, we've just survived. <laughs> right, right. We're barely making it, like, with these well, marriages and quarantine. How's your going, Roxy? Oh, Some days God. you want to kill him. <laughs> yeah. Some days you're let's, happy. Yes. So it depends it's a, if you're having sex, right? Yes, and then it does. Then it's a mixed bag. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm a little more forgiving um, during yeah. those times. <laughs> His bullshit, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, Allie, you know, you've been very open on social media about relationships, and you recently went through the end of your own marriage um, not too long ago. Why was it important to be open about that? Um, on social media for you? You know, it was, it's interesting um, because, I, you know, I mean, on, on one hand, it's like, I, I, part of me is like, feels like no one, like no one really cares. Um, yeah. We I, care. I, yeah. We want to know everything. <laughs> you know, and it was like, you know, uh, I felt like, first of all, Cam and I had like built this business together alongside my brother. And um, I, so I think there was like, we felt more of a responsibility to like, um, we were getting a lot of questions from people who worked for us who were like, what does this mean for dry bar if Allie and Cam aren't together anymore? Which really mm-hmm. didn't mean anything. I mean, Cam and I have very different lanes and we do very different things. And luckily our divorce is very amicable. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like part of it. I felt like I needed to like put a message out there to the people who worked with us. So they understood what was going on. And then I think also there was like this like transparency thing that was important to me. And, you know, I love social media as much as the next girl. And, but Mm -hmm. I, I really don't like, I really like to be authentic to who I am and what's going on. And what I think bothers me, like a lot of people about social media is this like very like fake Mm -hmm. really happening. And I'm guilty of it too. You know, I've, I've done that. I do that sometimes. And sometimes I really only show the best stuff. And, um, and sometimes I'm a little more vulnerable, but I, I, I tried to be like, so for the, the year after my divorce, mm-hmm. I was very, and I was pretty, I, I mean, it's like, I don't remember exactly what and when I posted, but I was pretty vocal about the fact mm-hmm. that I, was mm-hmm. I lost a lot of weight. I was really struggling and I didn't, I couldn't, was, I wasn't going to be like, well, I'm just going to post only like the, the few and far between like good moments I have in my life. I'm like, I'm going to post like what's really going on. Um, and not, and I mean, I guess partially because like, you know, I mean, I guess you could say like help people, which it did. And mm-hmm. I did get a lot of messages, a lot right. of from other women saying it just was good to hear it from somebody else. And also like, oh, your life looks like it's so amazing and glamorous mm-hmm. and you like had this, all this success and you have all this stuff, but oh shit, your marriage is falling apart too. So, you know, it's, it's nice to be that for somebody. I mean, I've had so many people who's women who've been like, I'm not happy in my marriage and this, this, this is going on. Do you think I should leave him? And I'm like, right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, you know, just, just like, about it, you know, um, so, so, you know, so I think there, I think it was like an authenticity thing to answer your question. I think I felt like I wanted to be, you know, authentic to people who've been rooting for me, people who've been there for me. Um, and just be like, yeah, my life fucking sucks right now. Mm-hmm. And it's, 
the hardest thing I've ever gone through. And that's what's going on, you know? And then I've, you know, it's been really so fun to like, obviously, as you've probably seen, like posting about my new boyfriend and finding oh, yes, him. girl. <laughs> you are so sweet about that. I cannot tell you message like ever people are like you're glowing and you look so happy we're so happy for you and um and so that's you know that's been really nice and um yeah I think it's just a I think it's really just a transparency thing and I just want to be as like authentic as I can with the people who do follow me who, who care you know mm-hmm. I feel like when you're going through a tough time like my social I'm very open about everything I mean I talk about everything and it's very like, too, too much. I mean, there was a picture of me like naked with my kids, and obviously there was stars covering the butts, and we had it, it went viral because people, some people were mad about it, some people weren't. We started a conversation about loving our bodies, and you know, and what we're teaching our children, and what it means. So I'm very open, but it's because I feel. Are you going to see my naked pictures? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I see it like it is. Um, but I feel like it's really hard. I've always struggled with anxiety and that's been something that's by my cross to bear. And I feel like it's really hard to lie and put up, it's not lying, but put up your highlight reel when there's so many people struggling with so many things and it's a platform to connect and make people feel less alone as well. And Mm -hmm. I feel like it's also our duty to be honest about what we're going through. I mean, people will look at you and go, well, the founder of Dry Bar, it must have been just an easy road. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't even want to keep going because it's so it's so simple and it's been so easy and she's got so much success and so much money or whatever it is. And so people just feel like they're not enough, you know, and I think it's our our duty and our jobs to be like, you know, I struggled too. everyone has a story that they need to tell that will help the next person tell their story. So I don't know, social media to me is a way to connect with other women who definitely Mm -hmm. are going through the same thing. Totally. Mm -hmm. I know. I totally agree. I think that was part. And I think it was like, it is a little therapeutic, you know, and it's like, and I, I read every comment. Like I like to hear what people say. I like, especially now, right. It's like this community and connecting to other women and other people who are like, you know, who you feel like, Oh man, they're rooting for me. Like that feels good. You know? And so it's a, it's a two way street for sure. Well, I know somebody who is rooting for you, and that is your new boyfriend. Hi, girl. I know. It's like, damn. You know where the glow comes yeah, from. Yeah. <laughs> that is some good, good stuff happening over there. Um, super cute. You guys are, like, adorable together. And I recently saw a post that you posted saying that you had made a choice to fight for this love. What did you mean by that? Well, it's funny because we have, you know, we actually, I just posted something today and I think we're, we're doing an Instagram live tonight. Um, and we've, we've named it this like series we do fight for love. And Uh I think it's because I think what both of us learned from our first marriages was like what not to do, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me, um, I, I got really like, I was a major avoider. I think, you know, it was like avoiding all the things that weren't working in my marriage Mm -hmm. and wasn't, talking about them, wasn't dealing with them and let so many years go by of, of, mm-hmm. of that behavior. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, we were building dry bar and I was raising my kids. And then I was like, you know, I think I had maybe had a shopping addiction. I, you know, I was like, you know, filling this void and this, this thing with other things. And, um, and I think what I've learned with Adrian is like to deal with your shit and mm-hmm. to have the hard conversations. I wasn't good at that in my marriage. You know, I, I just like pushed it away, pushed it down, didn't deal. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, and forget about like the other side. I mean, in terms of like my accountability for my, why my marriage didn't work and for his accountability for, you know, his side of the street or what his marriage didn't work. We both, we both didn't like fight for it enough and fighting for it. I mean, in a way of like not fighting all the time, but, um, sorry, dogs, um, <laughs> Captain and Cooper, they have two kids, four dogs yes. and two bunnies. I get it. Yeah. It's like a menagerie. <laughs> um, and you're like, shit, you're at home. It's yeah, just yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I think there's this like, you know, it's, it's certainly not it, as, as blissfully amazing as our relationship has been. And I feel like this is like a love I've never experienced and I'm happier than I've ever been. It's not without its challenges, especially like blending yeah. families is like real real fucking fun. Does he um, have kids too? Does he also he have does. kids? He has okay. two kids who are four and six and mine are uh, 13 and 15. So it's like teenagers, you know, uh-huh. it's challenging for a lot of reasons. But, you know, I think that, you know, we've like made this conscious decision to like fight for this relationship versus like when things get hard saying, fuck it, or, or even not just saying, fuck it, but just not talking about it and ignoring mm-hmm. it, letting things go versus like, he doesn't let anything go. Like, I'm like, babe, it's fine. Let's just like agree to disagree or let's just like yeah. move on. He's like, no, we are going to keep talking about this. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. But it, it is good because it's like, we don't, we, we get through stuff that way. And I, the whole premise of like fight for love is like, you know, fight to keep this marriage, th- this, this rule. I keep saying marriage and it's like, oh, are you getting girl, married? Yeah. Do you want to tell us something? No, 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 I like, and I don't know if you guys are like this, but like when things start getting, when things start getting rough, I'm like, you know, I like to go out. I just leave yes, the house. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like you, when you're upset, you go cold and quiet. You uh-huh. know? And, well, but you're allowed to, this is the thing that my therapist has said. She said that you're allowed to take a breather. You know, my mm-hmm. husband always says to me, like, why, when we're fighting, do you leave the room? And it's like, because I don't want to scream at you or throw a shoe at your head. <laughs> like, I need to process, calm down, take a breath. And it's it's funny because every time I get in the car, there's one, like, traffic light that every time I hit that traffic light, I call him and I apologize. And it's like, I don't know what it is. It's like that time that is needed. Mm-hmm. It's like the 10 minutes that's needed for your limbic system to calm down. And so you're not like, a, I don't. Ali, you don't seem like that person. Roxy and I are like, <laughs> I need to pastors. take. I need to take tips from you guys. You do. I, I mean, Ali just seems like it's, she's sweet. She's like, you know what? I don't like that, and she like retreats. Yes. And you're like. Oh. <laughs> well, what I do is I get in his, I just fight right back. I, I don't think about what I'm saying. I go from like, I don't zero think about what 60. I'm saying either. And, and I, I said something yesterday back. so bad. And like, it wasn't so bad. It was like a F you or so, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's not like, it's, it's just a typical one. Yeah. And he was so nice about it. And he's like, good night. You know, you're obviously going through something. And then the next day I said, did that hurt you? And he's like, yeah, it really hurt me. And I was like, huh? Because we just say it uh-huh. like, Sean, I mean, Roxy and I just say it because we just yeah. think it's the words and words don't really affect, right? You're well, the people that you love, but they do. 
So you have to be careful about the things that you say when you're mm-hmm. fighting. Well, and, yeah. And like, listen, like I, I think I'm like a sweet person, but I definitely will explode too. But mm-hmm. I, I think I also learned that a lot in my first marriage. I exploded a lot and I don't okay. do that nearly as much as I used to. But I, first of all, I agree about the space. Like you need a little bit of time to like cool down and like let cooler heads prevail. No, mm-hmm. no, no joke. But you know, and he'll, and Adrian will say that to me sometimes too. And he'll be like, you know, it deeply affects me when I know you're upset, when, when we leave off badly and I'm like, it does, you know? Yeah. You don't think, yeah. Right. I'm like, no, I'm like, you're fine. You'll just like, sometimes like even at night, if I'm like throwing a fit and like, he's, he's going to sleep, I'm like, you're just going to sleep. You don't even care. You know? And he's like, no, I, and I have a hard time sleeping on those nights, you know? And Uh I'm like, Really? I mean, it's, you know, it's a weird thing. I don't know if it's like a womanly thing or what. It's it a is. conversation we've had yeah. for years, forever since I was raised is like guys just kind of are fine and they suck uh-huh. it up and women are allowed. I almost think women need, we still have to be accountable for our actions. We have to be careful that like now it's the woman's time and I'm obviously a woman, I'm raising two young girls, but women still need to be accountable for the things that they don't do right. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I think there's certainly times where I'm like, you know, I, I mean, he makes a joke that I like throw a, throw a grenade and then leave the room, you know, like, like, you know, like <laughs> I did, like, the last word, right? <laughs> have to. Like, and, boom, boom, boom. and then he's always like, drop the mic, yeah, drop yeah. the mic. <laughs> well, I think too, it's hard to make yourself vulnerable in these situations. Like for me, it's like, I have to have some sort of a protection and maybe those protections, protections are my fighting words with him, you know? And it's like, well, I'm going to get, I'm going to hurt you before you can hurt me. Kind yeah, of exactly right. I think if, if you're vulnerable, which is the hardest thing, yes, and you can, like get off it and be mm-hmm. like it, it's it's more about like it's the anger. The underneath the anger is always like hurt, right? Mm-hmm. Or being upset. So pain always, pain, yeah, always, right. So if you can get off that, which I'm not great at either. Mm-hmm. But if you can do it, then you're like, let's just get to like what's really wrong. What's you know, and you know, and he'll he'll always be like, give me a chance, like tell me how you're feeling in the moment. Cause like, I will be upset about something. I won't say anything about it. I'll just stew and have be having a fight with him in my mind. Mm-hmm. And, then <laughs> and being like cold and distant. He's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm like, well, because you were blah, 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 blah. And he's like, why didn't you tell me then? And I was like, because what was I going to say? You know? Yeah. And, yeah. Okay, that and is, I think horm- hormones got- play such a major role yeah. too, but we, we do say and we blame hormones for, I think, a lot of our lives. We're just like, ah, that entire week, I have a pass. I can just be a total raging bitch lunatic. <laughs> I have a pass. But it must be hard. And I'm trying to be a man for a second. Like, imagine how, imagine the men that we're married to or dating. They say, you know what, guys, for an entire week, I'm we're going to be an asshole. asshole to you. <laughs> be like, excuse me? <laughs> well, I mean, I think that is true. I mean, I think that like, I mean, I, I posted about this today. Like we had a mm-hmm. thing last this morning and in my mind, I was like, I think I'm really, I haven't said this to him yet, but I'm like, I think I'm actually like PMS. Like, I'm about to start my period. And I think I'm a little extra sensitive now. I realized mm-hmm. that today. So yeah, it's a pass. Like, so babe, you just have to understand because this is, yeah. a- <laughs> but, you know, I mean, Sure, men don't, you know, I mean, neither, neither sex should have this like pass, yeah. but there's so many times too, where he's just more sensitive and emotional than he normally is. You mm-hmm. know, like, you know, you know, it's like riding the fucking storm. It's, it's never easy. Wait, I also feel more reassured now that you also have fights in your head. I have like imaginary fights in my head with him. I'm like, fuck you, <laughs> no, fuck you. They're an asshole. asshole. It's like back and forth, the back and forth. Well, I think I learned that. I don't know that I understood that concept. Yeah. 
there until so Adrian is a coach, like he coaches founders ah, okay. living, which you know is like good and bad right. for a relationship. But they do these retreats, him and his mm-hmm. business partner, and I've been to them before. And and I they started talking about like they they talk about this like you have these things in your head that you don't say, whether mm-hmm. it's like a fight or whatever, or like somebody will like your husband might ask you a question like you know, whatever. And like, you hesitate, you don't say anything for a minute, but in your mind, you're being like, well, because you are a fucking asshole. I fucking hate you. Yes. It's true. I said it too. Something that's in your mind that you're afraid to actually say. And like, Adrian will be like, I'll be quiet for a few minutes. He's like, okay, can you tell me now what you were just saying in your brain? Just say it, you know? And I'm like, oh, I, don't, I can't say that. Oh. <laughs> You know, but, but you should, you know, and yeah. I mean, I have good relationships that I've learned from him so much is like, if both people are being really open, authentic and honest with what's going on for mm-hmm. them, as much as it is hard to hear, it's, re- I think it's a quicker way to get, you know, to a good place. Yeah. This is heal. why you guys are evolved because I do say everything. <laughs> yeah, <I think>. <laughs> like actually every, no, no, it's not good. Um, actually I no, not to like you guys, I wouldn't say everything I think to you guys, but to my husband, I say everything I think to the point where he actually said, you don't actually have to tell me what's on your brain all the time. And then after the fight happens where I've said all the terrible things, then I have the refight in my head about the things <laughs> I should have said. Yeah, yes. I'm like, Oh, that would have been a better singer. Yeah. That would have really got him. <laughs> Why is it that we feel like we can say whatever we want to our partners? Like, I would never say to my girlfriends, like, the things that I say to him. I wonder no. why that is. Why you would never that? say you're an asshole. You would no. never say that to me. No, you no. would think it, but you would never say it. No, it's so true. I mean, I yeah. remember that even from, like, growing up with my parents. Like, I mm-hmm. remember my dad and my mom having that fight. I mean, they ended up getting divorced, but, um, you know, that they were, I was like, why are you so nice to everybody else? But then you come home and you're like a dick to mom, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, well, it's, I, you know, it's this thing of like, well, you, that's the person that you like can be that way with and, mm-hmm. and treat that way. But I, you know, and I think I kind of grew up with that sense, but I don't, I don't really subscribe to that anymore. And I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that at, at this point, like, I think from what I learned from my, my marriage, was that, you know, you can't get away with that for too long. Don't you think that your second relationship might be better because you also didn't have to go through the newborn kids stage? Oh, yeah. Yes. I mean, like what we talk about literally is about poo and vomit. Like that's yeah. literally our conversation. It's Money, so unsexy. Yeah. It's so not sexy. Yeah. So maybe because you bypassed that and the first kids four, you said, mm-hmm. like, so you're kind of out of that stage. Yes, I thought that too. But I think, I mean, without getting like too into the details, I mean, it is not, I mean, trying to like figure out your place as like a a stepmom, right? Almost, right? Like, yeah, because I was just saying, because we're not married, I'm not talking right. about, but I am like, I spend half of my time with these children. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard to. Mm-hmm. If, guys think about your own kids. It's like, you love your kids. Mm-hmm. They love you. You just put up with the shit because. Yeah. Like, right. But then, you know, you have a four and six year old who dish out the same stuff, but it's not your kid. And uh, how do you discipline them? Yeah. It's like discipline and just the feelings like, yeah. you know, like, you know I, I don't get the kind of like love and affection from those kids because they're not mine. And of course I get that, but like, mm-hmm. you know, it's really, really challenging. I mean, it is, it is a really big spot of like, 
for me. I mean, yeah. yeah. There are times that I don't like, like honestly mm-hmm. talk to him about it, which I didn't for a long time because I was scared to tell him how I was really feeling. Right. And now right. I have, and it's much better, but not easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, one of my best friends said that she's struggling with a stepkid. She's got two kids and she just married and he has one kid. And she just said, you know, sometimes you don't even like your own kids. You're not even allowed to say that, but sometimes you're just like, Oh, I'm just so over you, mm-hmm. but you can't, yeah, you love them because right. they're part of your body. So, you know, you're, they're a piece of you. It's like an extra arm. You love them, but, but you don't like them in the moment. Yeah. yeah. But it's, yeah. I would, I would probably find it difficult. Obviously if you love your, your husband or your, your boyfriend that you're dating, you develop love, but it's, I, I would find that situation difficult. Yeah. It's very yeah. different. It's a very, it's really it's, and, and it's like, you know, there's moments that it's like, it's great and it's all like working really well. And then there's mm-hmm. moments where I'm like, oh my God, I can't do this. You know, I mean, it's, it's a mixed bag of emotions. It's not easy. Is that you the know? hardest part of blending the families together? Do you think being like kind of taking that role on? I think so. I mean, yeah. I think that's, I would say, you know, of our relationship, that's definitely the ch- most challenging part. Uh-huh. Out how to navigate through all that. I mean, to the point where like, I started seeing a therapist again about it because I'm like, ah, uh, mm-hmm. And like, you know, want to talk to other women about it who've like gone through it. And my, luckily my best friend had, has dealt with some of this and, um, but it's, you know, it's a really, it's a really like humbling experience, you know, mm-hmm. you have to be very, you know, just like expect nothing, you know, mm-hmm. and be very giving and then you just have to go to a really like good place and, it, it, you know, and then you're dealing with like an ex-wife all the time too. And it's like oh, a killer. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a oh. lot. Well, we're almost at the end. You're like, yes, just kidding. Um, <laughs> we're going to do a never have I ever, which yes. is like, you just say, I, I don't even know the rules, Roxy. Do you know I, the rules? I think you just say if you have or you haven't. You just go, I have or yeah. I haven't. Uh, yeah. Yes. We've done it for like 92 episodes and we're like, what are the rules? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you go first, Rox. Okay. Never have I ever not showered in this sort of quarantine period for like days, like more than like one or two days at a time. Oh, yeah. No, I have definitely not showered for many days. <laughs> I mean, I've taken baths here and there, but I've definitely not showered for at least like two days. <laughs> you got it. You're conserving water. It's good. It's environmental. <laughs> Never have I ever... When Dry Bar started, I think there was social media, but started like stalking other people who had the same type of business than you mm-hmm. and just kept like, just like stalking people. Are you saying, have I ever done that? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I've done so many people. And you do like deep dives and then you yeah. realize like two hours is gone. Yeah. <laughs> guilty, guilty. <laughs> I'm still doing that, right, right Roxy? Right. Aren't you yeah. doing that? Oh, I mean, you have to. What else are you going to do in quarantine? I mean, come yeah. on. <laughs> TikTok's the worst. You start TikTok yes. and you're like, it's 1 a.m. Yes. Very yes. yes. Okay. Never have I ever, when you were doing, when you were doing here, when you were styling people, never have I ever wanted to kick a client out of the chair because they were just being fucking obnoxious. Oh, yeah. I've had, I mean, I shouldn't say who, but it was actually a pretty big celebrity. <gasps> really? Awesome. Me. And I was like, I wanted to be done with that so bad. And what did their name? So what you get their name? Right I know. Please tell us. <laughs> Nangelina Noli. Yeah, Ryan's a bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, celebrity under the sun coming, except for her. She's not been in, so it's not her. 
Oh, what's like the best celebrity you've had? Or like the yeah, one that the you were just like, oh my God. I think you're friends with half of them though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think Gwyneth Paltrow is probably the biggest. I'm actually not friendly with her, but I have a, we have a lot of friends in common, mm-hmm. um, that kind of in the same circles. But yeah, she comes, she, well, she used to come in all the time with Apple. And I oh. remember like the first time she came in. Um, but I mean, it's like runs the gamut. I mean, every, you name you name them, they all come in. And I remember when that first started to happen and I was like, would say, I didn't go and introduce myself and whatever. And I'd say like, in a, in a really like warm way, like, how come you come in? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've got a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same response anybody else does. It's like, oh, cause it's like, I love the experience. I love being in and out, leaving my house. I like mm-hmm. that it's cheap. Like, you know, like anything else. So mm-hmm. I remember like I've done, I've gone and done Jennifer Garner's hair a couple of times and, um, and she goes to our shops, but she always preferred to go to our Santa Monica location because our, uh, Palisades location is like, which was also close to her. It was like, um, it's all, it's like a fishbowl. It's all glass in the front. And she's like, there's always paparazzi. And that's kind mm-hmm. of the way. Um, and in our Santa same Monica. with Roxy and I, you're outside right yeah. now. Oh my God. We're like, go away paps. Okay. <laughs> We're like, can you guys please? We're, I know. I know. We'll be done soon. Okay. <laughs> okay. Two more. Okay. Never have I ever, this might be too naughty, but never have I ever <gasps> been like doing sexy time and been like, you don't want to mess the hair up because I feel like every time I get my hair done, every time I get my yes. hair done, like I have sex. And then the whole time I'm like, oh, just, just don't move around too much. Like I don't want to ruin my blowout. <laughs> so funny. I literally was just, I don't know if I was doing an interview or I was just telling somebody about this, but I, I must've been doing an interview where I was telling somebody that, you know, so many women say they don't go to like, you know, a bit uh, like a board meeting or an important, you know, interview or a date mm-hmm. without a blowout. And that like, I, I would even hear from like these women that their husbands were like, didn't mind they were spending so much money because they were getting lucky. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dry bar because they had this like confidence and like that they didn't have all the other times. So that makes sense that you're like, when I get my hair done, I'm always I'm like, don't touch the don't hair. Touch don't touch the hair. You don't like, have your conditioner on, keep like the sweating. <laughs> I just don't move my, I move my body from here down, but my head just stays like this. You know what? There have probably been some dry bar babies that have happened. I've gotten people pregnant. I think I have two of them in my house. You've probably gotten people pregnant, Allie. Didn't even know. <laughs> amazing Um, okay last one okay Uh, okay this is very naughty never have i ever had (laughs) sexy times but called out the wrong name Oh my god, I've never done that. But never who done- calls <laughs> names during sex, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> well, sometimes nicknames, nicknames. Yeah. What's your nickname? Well, I can't tell you that. It's <laughs> <laughs> like your meditation word when they like they give you a meditation word and they're like, "Don't tell anyone," so no one can listen. <laughs> no one's allowed to know your nickname. I have one. Okay, tell. No, no, I have a transcendental meditation. Oh, oh what is that? Oh, 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 oh. what is that? <laughs> But no, I, I've never, I've never said the wrong name, but yeah, I don't think I really say names. I think yeah. it's more like, are you like more quiet? Like quiet? Babe, she's like, stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Roxy's like, Damn it! I know, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> no wonder you're like, your neighbors moved out. They're I like, know, I'm done. I know. They're like, bye. Gotta go. Gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Allie. Allie thank you for running the gamut great. with us. I know. We, we like to get a little crazy here, but it's so fun. So fun. So fun. You were great. And so where can people find you? Yes. Yes. 
you can find me probably the best place is just my Instagram. Um, it's just Allie Webb, A-L-L-I-W-E-B-B. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the dry bar for all dry bar stuff and squeeze our other business. Um, and I have a couple more projects like um, that things that I'm working on. So Ooh. stay tuned. Hair related? Are they hair related? Uh, well, I, I, no, one, no, I have a couple of businesses that are oh. coming up that are not hair related. Um, okay. and then I have, um, but like in the feel good space Okay. and, um, and then I'm writing a, like a, my second book, which the first mm. book was like very much like a hair tutorial. And this is more of a like life story memoir, which feels weird cause I'm not 80, but, um, I'm working on that now too. So some fun stuff. Oh, well, your inspiration for all of us. Quick question, Allie. What is the one hair tip that every woman should know? Like, is there one like solid tip that people should always subscribe to? There's a lot of them. And it's like, so dependent on your hair and all that stuff. I will say that most women, especially, which is very timely because we're all doing our own hair. Most women um, rush through their blowout at home and Uh they don't section their hair. Or if they do section it, they section a massive section. Your section should be one to two inches at like a thickness and that's it. And it can take you a little while, like at least 20 minutes to blow out your hair. And I think a lot of women like skip, go really fast and they're like, why doesn't my hair look like it did, you know, Mm -hmm. when they did it, it's sectioning. Sectioning. Section your hair. Okay. Good to know. And make it last. It'll last all week. (laughs) You put the time in up front. Yes. Yes. That's a good point. As long as you don't move your hair in the sack. (laughs) (laughs) Don't let him touch it. And And we are Women on Top Official on Instagram. And Women on Top Podcast on Facebook. And I'm Tamin Sursak. And I am Roxy Manning. And we are Women Women on on Top. Top.